This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 26th of September 2023 at home in Wicklow. And it's an episode, in a way it's an episode about fear. Um, in a way, it's an episode about fear of oneself. And a fear is too strong a word, maybe discomfort. But I do look at the idea of filling the void, filling that empty space that we are afraid constitutes who we are. So it's an episode about identity and it's an episode about getting comfortable with oneself. So I explore that with... um, with my thoughts, with my thoughts and feelings, with my feelers, they're twitching on top of my head. I am interrupted by a cat at some stage of the, uh, some stage of the podcast. I'm not sure if that'll be there on the audio, but an interruption it was. Um, yeah, so, so that's it. Do you want to step into the void with me? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'll be with you or do be afraid I'll be with you but uh, we can do this together so um, keep listening I'll join you right around the corner cheers not gonna change my mind leaving the dream behind hi my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to the clear out you're very welcome Thank you so much for coming back if you're a return listener and welcome, welcome for the very first time if this is your virgin experience of this podcast. Is is that an inappropriate way to start? Is virgin a word that might get one cancelled perhaps? I hope not. But if it's your first time, you're breaking new ground. You're breaking new ground. You haven't been here before. It's the first experience of this thing. It will be a a consummation of something. And I'm very, very happy to have you here. I mean, I say I'm very, very happy. (laughs) It's hard to quantify that. It may even be hard to qualify it. But I am grateful. I am grateful for anyone. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) who who presses play who comes to spend this this time with me this time on on the journey so if you haven't been here before it's pretty simple it's pretty simple i just like to have a look at how we live in our heads in our bodies I love to have a think about how we cope with whatever's going on. And yeah, I use myself as the main guinea pig because I've no one else to work with. Okay, so it's not narcissism. It's necessity. (laughs) I'm dealing with what I've been dealt and I'm very accepting of that. Um, And I just share my thoughts, share my experiences, bounce it off other things things that are happening out there in the big bad world maybe reference a movie or two maybe draw on the world of martial arts 
maybe drop in some philosophy, some psychology, some I don't know what. And all of it ultimately is meant to be of assistance. It's meant to be be of use. It's meant to help you in some way go, "Eh, I'm not the only one who hasn't a clue. (laughs) I'm not the only idiot failing daily. I'm not the only one who's overwhelmed and bemused and baffled, puzzled, disoriented, disoriented, that's the word, um, at a loss for how to put one foot in front of the other. Not all the time, but I, I, I feel like that's, that's part of the, uh, the state of being. Um, and that's where I like to, uh, that's where I like to sort of turn my gaze and that's not a homosexual army I have who I position on a battlefront. I turn my gaze <laughs> to face the enemy. No, I turn my gaze to that place, that place of of questioning, that place of problem solving, that place of <laughs> probing. Probing is another one of those words that's vaguely inappropriate, but it is it is the mode of this thing here it is the mode of the tell probe dig a little bit deeper lift up another rock go deeper dig uncover what's at the source of this so that preamble put aside today i am interested in i'm interested in the void the void the great unknown now if i say something like the great unknown you might think we're going spiritual you might think we're going heavenly you might think we're going universal but no i have been thinking of late sounds like that 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 could be a paraphrase of hamlet um (laughs) i have been thinking of late about identity and identity is something i return to uh, again and again it's it's kind of the, the 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 great who am i um and it's i think that's at the heart of a lot of a lot of sort of angst and a lot of anxiety who am i what am I doing? And who am I often finds its solution in identity. This is who I am. Who am I can often find its solution in what am I doing? So function. So identity and function. And does identity lead to function? Does function lead to identity? And function, you know, function and purpose are not quite the same thing. I think purpose has more intent. Function is merely action. Um, however, we can build a story as we do, as I do. We can build narratives based on actions. How does this person live? What are they doing? 
to what do they apply themselves? With what are they obsessed? To what do they constantly return? Uh, in my case, I constantly return to this seat, this microphone, this process to talk through my thoughts, to talk through my reflections, to talk through my own lines of inquiry. Because I'm curious, I'm curious to see, well, what am I, what am I fixating on at any given time? And my assumption I spoke a few weeks ago about the danger of assumptions, but I do have an assumption that on some level, most of my lines of inquiry are pretty relatable. I, I assume that many of us are sticking our noses into the same musty corners. Uh, that could be unpleasant. You might want to bring uh, a mask or a nose, a clothes peg for your nose. You might want to bring some air freshener maybe a duster or two. Uh, dust balls, speaking of which, there are many dust balls in this house. I mean, I do not consider us an unclean family here in hashtag blessed, but with three, <laughs> three critters who live indoors, the dog, Pepper. Pepper, the beautiful, not much more than one-year-old collie, Ruby, two or more years old. Ruby the kitten, the sort of tabby, short hair kitten, full of mischief, incredibly greedy and bold, kind of adorable. And then the aged Marlon, Marlon, the decrepit cat, 21 years old. I shit you not, 21 years old. Spends a lot of time sleeping and looking for places to pee and food to eat and more sleeping and she really is a, a furry a furry bag of bones at this stage god love her but she is she was she was the first baby <laughs> she was the first baby in in this family um so those three animals uh, and marlon by the way is long-haired between the three of them there are these five fabulous accumulations of hair animal hair fur dust i guess and i find myself just walking through the house going oh what was that what was that organism what was that entity peering at me from a from a corner down near the floor and i go oh it's a ginormous dust ball how how delightful um yeah, anyway, I just, as when I said the word dust, it made me think of that. I, I disposed of a few of those this morning. Not the pets, the dust balls. Anyway, um, so yes, back to this idea then of identity. And I've used the word void. Now, maybe the, the Latin phrase tabula rasa if that's how you pronounce it, clean slate, yeah, tabula rasa, clean slate or an erased slate perhaps, um, that is sort of how I think of us as nascent beings, if we're talking about way back at the start of our own lives, little babies, little embryos and 
in a way it's an impossibility isn't it it's it's, it's impossible to be a true blank slate because we're, we're inheriting things and so we have nature we have something in us that we've been given biologically genetically and some of those things are going to nudge us um, in certain directions in terms of our our base setting in terms of our personalities in terms of how we are naturally positioned in the world and then nurture and environment are going to be huge shaping factors in our lives as well and I think we all accept that I think we all accept that on one level uh, on some level um, but most of us at a certain point I think particularly in our adolescence we start to really engage with the idea of who am I and sort of not just who am I but maybe who am I going to be and maybe we can think in almost you know in terms of destiny you know this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do this is who I am and this is you know you know there's a space (laughs) there's a space in the world that's waiting it's waiting for me to fill it um now I don't know that that may sound very grandiose very ambitious but I mean let's just keep that in perspective you know it's not necessarily I'm trying to I'm trying to say those things in actually quite neutral terms that we may have a sense or we may have a a belief that we will naturally journey towards something that fits us um now problems come in with the aforementioned nature nurture environment problems come in with just that natural insecurity and uncertainty of of being of being young of trying to work things out of trying to adapt of trying to to fit in uh, of trying to assimilate with those around us um or the difficulty of finding ourselves butting up against things around us that we we don't recognize um that don't resonate with us that don't chime with us and we may experience that feeling of of alienation of dissonance um and the failure to the fail the failure to sort of recognize ourselves in in that space and that that creates conflict and that of course will contribute to angst you know, unless you know, unless you were, you know, unless you're a young person with an extraordinary sense of self-possession, with an extraordinary sense of the aforementioned destiny, this is what I'm going to do. This is, you know, this is my path. Um, I mean, I, I was like when I went to university, I was young. I was about seventeen. Uh, no, I wasn't. I was like, yeah, I was seventeen when I went to university. I was very young, very green. And there were obviously lots of other young people around me, um, mostly a bit older than me, but not by much. I mean, 18, 19. But I was always amazed at at people at that age who were like, yeah, (laughs) this is what I'm doing. And had a, a sense of... A sense of... Hmm, 
what there was just no ambiguity there there was no uncertainty that i could see I, you know obviously there were other people who were all over the shop um but some people they were just like yep yeah, this is this is all very natural everything fits and it wasn't you know it wasn't um a product of a product of or attached to arrogance or hubris um it was just okay i don't know they, they were sort of untroubled in some way and i was always like i think <laughs> i think i i always kind of distrusted that i was kind of fascinated by it but i've just felt mm, i'm not sure um and, and and not not from a cynical point of view not from a judgy point of view I just didn't trust it. <laughs> I just felt, eh, this doesn't feel right. Um, but in any case, I I realise now, as I get older, that many people never arrive at a place of this makes sense. Where are we? Oh, we're here. Okay, this makes sense. This is where I am. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. This makes sense. Um, I think there's lots of people for whom that isn't the case. And I did, I ha- I did find myself recently thinking about, just about this idea of what we do when it doesn't make sense. What we do when we feel very misaligned and very uncomfortable in our own skin and when the last thing we want is to be left alone with ourselves. The last thing we want is to be given time and space which can bring an extraordinary sense of of pressure and it's the pressure of the pressure of having to spend time with oneself the pressure of possibly having to reckon with oneself and the possibility of having to face into the void because that's how i think about it if we haven't come to peace with ourselves and we've spent a huge amount of our lives avoiding ourselves and doing everything we can not to have to sit down alone with ourselves then there is a sort of a a terrible a terrible sort of emptiness because we haven't filled in that space we haven't filled in that that blank slate that that unnamed being that is that is us 
Um, does that make sense to you? <laughs> does that does that chime on any level? Um, now I'm not I'm not sitting here. I'm not sitting here speaking as somebody who who is saying that yes in my situation my life it all makes sense i'm not saying that i'm not sitting here with you know from that position and speaking from that position because i am someone who with my own personal history of of depressive episodes uh, of depression of of suicidal ideation um and sort of being kind of perpetually spun into that place when I feel overwhelmed by life <laughs> or when I feel you know my, my sense where when my sense of personal failure becomes too intense and has been triggered by one event or another um or one set of circumstances or another in those moments I'm not someone who particularly enjoys sitting down alone with myself. Um, I don't relish it, but over time, I have become much more capable of of being with myself in though at those times and not letting it get particularly worse, not exacerbating an already unpleasant situation. Not exacerbating an already pre- precarious headspace and uh, raw emotional space, um, you know, to a large extent, I've come to terms with that, and have become quite good at going, oh, okay, that thing happened, or that thing was said, or that thought process started. And that led me to this. And I find when I am successful in identifying, like it's almost like reverse engineering the depressive state and going, follow the breadcrumbs back. What started this? And then by understanding it, it does alleviate it. Now, it doesn't make it immediately, instantly vanish and go, hey ho, everything's great. But it's it's a way of i suppose it's a way of of mitigating it and a way of of validating the the catalyst of validating the point of initiation of validating the you know the domino the first domino to fall and go ah okay that's what it was and validating that, but not necessarily validating the depressed state and the the cycle of of negative thought patterns or negative beliefs that erupt or you know come out of sleep mode to to launch like a full assault and being able to distinguish between start the starting point of this this mood this state was real but now these thoughts where 
<laughs> you know, where in my case, the tendency is to just invalidate every single part of my life and every single part of myself to, you know, varying degrees of, you know, furious uh, recrimination, self-loathing, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm at a stage now where I can go, oh, okay, and be a little bit dispassionate and look at that and go, okay, there's that, there's that again. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give this oxygen. I'm going to, you know, go into maybe some positive habits, do some exercise, um, you know, decompress, um, whatever it might be, whatever it might be just to indicate to myself that even though my mind uh, and the combination of mind and emotion um, have gone to this very spiky corner of my psyche, but I'm also I'm going to indicate to myself outwardly that I'm taking care of myself. And that becomes a counter to the state. Now, all of that is, it, you know, it's just a way of putting my hand up and going, I'm not sitting here saying, I've got it sorted out. I don't. I don't at all. <laughs> but I do, I, I, I do know what I think. I do know what I think about the, a pathway that I find very useful and a frame or a lens that I find useful, a way of thinking about this issue that I find useful. And just to remind you, the issue is not depression. The issue is the idea of identity, the idea of the void, the idea of the, the fear of being stripped back to your base state and not liking what you find. And my belief is we can never truly be content we can never truly achieve what you know people refer to as as happiness um until we are fully fully comfortable with being reduced to our most basic disposition our most basic essential self without any paraphernalia or accoutrement or whatever it might be that we may use to project an identity. Um, and you know, I, I say this as somebody, and I mean, I spoke about this in one of the very early episodes. Um, I'm saying this as someone who used to, you know, routinely for a couple of years, it felt like routinely wear a trilby hat everywhere I went. And I just want to say a hat is not an identity. A hat is not a personality. <laughs> but it didn't stop me trying. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and again, just uh, just to quickly, you know, to to to, to summarize the 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 attachment 
to a trilby hat it was simple my my interest was in obviously i was really into movies i was really into old hollywood movies i was particularly into old gangster movies i'm not talking about scarface i'm not talking about goodfellas i'm talking about the old gangster movies and the old actors you know from the you know the 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 golden age of hollywood we're talking edward g robinson we're talking james cagney uh we're talking humphrey bogart these guys those movies key largo and the like um the maltese falcon and the like yeah those ones public enemy that's that's where that, that that that's you know that was my that was my jam and i was like yeah yeah i want to i want to look like those guys um and you know did i think did i think um this is who i am did i think this is my identity i didn't i don't know i don't i i just thought that's a cool hat. I love that hat. I want to wear that hat. I mean, I, I wasn't going around in the full attire. I wasn't going around, you know, with a suit and, and spats. Um, I just had the hat. And, you know, I, I, I was known to be to wear, you know, braces or suspenders, if you prefer to call them that, to hold up my trousers my pants <laughs> um and sure occasionally i'd maybe try and sharpen it up maybe a black shirt maybe white braces maybe a nice tie maybe a pair of uh you know tan chinos i guess um but an identity mm, i'm not sure I'm not sure. I mean, I guess, like any of us, you know, you, you, you know you're, you're putting on a shape. You're putting on a guise. Um, I wasn't acting out a role. Um, I was like, this is what I want to wear. I think this is cool. And I think it amused a lot of people. <laughs> um, but, you know, there wasn't anybody else following me. I wasn't setting any trends, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I I was thinking about it there earlier. I was really into old movies. I was really into movies in general, and then particularly interested in old movies. I was interested in the sort of the, the history of the movies, and I'd routinely accumulate, you know, books about Hollywood, about the studios, about different, you know, different kind of compendiums of actors. Um, and there was no one else. I didn't know anybody else who was into that. And so, there, you know, there wasn't any, there wasn't any tribe to, to, to join or be indoctrinated into uh, there was no rite of passage um but it wasn't a problem i just felt okay well, that's grand that, that's that's what i'm into and no one else has to be into it um it's all good um and i don't know maybe you know maybe maybe that does speak to 
I don't know if I'd call it insight or under, you know, or maybe understanding that um, I was comfortable with some of my choices. Yeah, there were other things I wasn't comfortable with at all that I didn't even realize I wasn't comfortable with until I got a bit older. But, you know, again, just to, 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 to bring it back to the more, you know, to more of the, uh, the now of the conversation rather than reflecting on those years. Um, it's, I suppose it's almost like entering into a, a Zen relationship with oneself if I could put it that way um, the you know very much a place of acceptance and a place of non-judgment which I was talking about a couple of episodes ago but to be able to do that with oneself and to and, and, and this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about like stripping it back because I think you know people's habit is to identify us you know our, our habit is to identify each other and categorize each other and maybe understand each other by the things that we do, the the jobs that we have, the careers that we followed, the titles that we hold, the qualifications perhaps that we've earned. Um, and, you know, that's fine. You know, it, it serves a purpose. Um, you know, it's, it, what does it, what purpose does it serve? a labeling purpose um oh you're a teacher oh you're you're a farmer oh you're a driver oh you're a doctor oh you're you know you work in it oh you're an accountant oh you're this you're that um i generally find that the the least interesting thing about a person um or it's the thing that I'm least interested in. I, I'm always interested in what, what's, what's this person like? <laughs> you know, who are they really? What's, what's the base setting? Because that'll tell me so much more. Um, but some people now I, I i don't want to put this into romantic terms because there's a, there'd be a danger or a temptation to do that when somebody is particularly fulfilled or has a particularly vocational relationship with the thing that they do um i mean i know there's a farmer who lives up the road from us here at hashtag blessed and that is a guy who will talk to you all day long about farming and you know new farming approaches and modernizing farming and sustainable farming 
eco-friendly farming, incorporating biodiversity. Um, and that is his his life. Um, and it feels very authentic. It doesn't feel like there's an undercurrent of angst <laughs> beneath everything. Um, and so I could, I could choose to romanticize that guy and go, well, look at him now. <laughs> he really is, you know, in the right place. He's found the right fit. Um, I mean, if I don't romanticize it, what do I do? I just go, well, isn't he lucky? It's just a, a happy coincidence, a good fortune that life allowed him to to do that, to find the right place to to do what he does. Now, I don't know this guy really, so I don't know the evolution of of his personality. I don't know the evolution of his his journey. Um, I don't know where he came from in terms of did he come from a farming background is that is that all he's ever known i mean that 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 does tend to be the case with farmers it's often very much a generational family thing and you know the the sons and daughters just keep it rolling and keep it going and someone has to um and there's just an an inevitability to it um and if i go away from farming and look at teaching you see teachers who you know for whom the profession is is their meaning in life and again we can romanticize that and go yeah it's the vocation you know a vocational urge a vocational compulsion to to elevate, to empower, to educate, to lift young people up, to help them on their way. And you know, as well as I do, there are great teachers all over the place, all over the world, doing that, you know, great work, um, which it is, because a great teacher is a life-changing figure. Um, or has the potential to be a life-changing figure depending on which young person finds themselves in their in their classroom uh, or exposed to their you know their gifts their personality their particular light um, but my argument in spite of what I've just said about the farmer and a generic great teacher my argument is that for many people the the void of of self the void of the purpose oriented self that questioning yearning amoeba that's at the heart <laughs> that's at the heart of each and every one of us they're like eh? 
<laughs> what am I? What am I doing about myself exactly? Um, my, you know, my 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 argument is that many of us fill the void with a job title. I am a, boom, and just put it in there. What am I? I am a, boom. Um, maybe, maybe it's a, it, 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 it's it's a woman who says I am a mother, and that's fine. I mean, God, again, if that's you know, if 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 that's if that's the role, and that's you know, you want to define yourself that way, that's your choice. Um, but. And again, I'm not, you know, that's just a coincidence that mother came to mind. Okay, I'm not about to have a big go at all mothers. <laughs> that would take much longer uh, than I have <laughs> on this particular medium. Um, but when we throw a title onto ourselves, when we self-identify as something, it can, in many cases, just be a very convenient way of ending the conversation. Do you know what I mean? It just it can be a very convenient way to go, well, that settles that. Because now you can fill in the space with all your knowledge, all your experience, all your information about mothers, doctors, teachers computer programmers <laughs> whatever it might be writers actors and i mean you know talk about actors for a second you know many people will go oh you know you know actors let's go we'll go with our you know, we have an idea of what a successful actor is someone who's in movies who sustained a long career in the spotlight uh, has done very well and yet many actors are very insecure uh, full of self-doubt you hear a lot of actors talk about imposter syndrome and yeah you know, and again I, I, I'm, I'm implicating myself in this as a sometime actor there's a reason actors are drawn to that profession to putting on other faces to putting on other personalities sometimes that is about a discomfort with the self sometimes that is you know that's a great avoidance strategy oh no i'm not me today i'm dr henry blah 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 <laughs> i'm buck blah, 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 blah. you know you, you take on the, the personality of the character and you can erase yourself, you know, the self-effacement, the self-erasure and lose yourself and go, that's who I am. Um, and again, we come back to this idea of what am I doing to, to fill the void? So for actors, how many hundreds of characters can I play to fill the void to have, you know, and to have, to avoid myself? Um, and I continue to believe very strongly that 
if we can get to a place where we can sit down and go, this is who I am, just here, just sitting here, living my life, just being, just breathing, just sensing, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling. Can I get as stripped back as that and sit deeply, comfortably in myself and go, I'm okay. And let that be enough. Let that be what defines me. See, I think that's a very scary thought to a lot of people. A lot of people want to rush in and fill that void with something. Yeah, but 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 you have to be you have to be you have to be doing something. There has to be something else. I mean, the whole you know the the the, the harsh cold reality. Uh, the hard, the harsh, cold, economic, transactional reality of of modern life means it's almost impossible to peacefully achieve that state because there's such relentless pressure to to survive. And in this, you know, the, 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 you know, the great cacophony of the internet age, the digital age, the, uh, the first, these first kind of decades of the 21st century, survival is not enough. There's a desire for exceptionalism. There's a desire to, to thrive, to excel. And to do it in a massively performative way, to show everyone, to perform your life for everyone. We've never had um, more access to everybody's aspirational journey. And, you know, for all the noise, for all all the colour, um, it's... It, it is just it, it is just static a lot of it it is just interference it is just this unceasing um this unceasing disruption this endless noisy gabble of human jibber jabber and human jostling for attention for approval for love for affirmation and people like Mark Zuckerberg uh, of of Facebook fame you may have heard of it you may have heard of him <laughs> they have tapped into that they've tapped into that profound insecurity in so many of us and have exp- 
exploited it to extraordinary, unforeseeable levels. Um, but if you reduce everything to somebody picking at the scab of human neuroses and then finding a way to capitalize on it, you go, oh yeah, that, that makes sense because we are, we are flawed. We're, you know, we're flawed, a flawed species. We're flawed individuals. Of course we are. Um, and it's, it's having the ability to look into the window of everybody's house means we're caught up in an endless cycle of comparison and an endless cycle of competition, an endless cycle of measuring up or measuring down um and you know it's 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 distraction it's 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 sleep deprivation ultimately um because we need to we need to be in our we need to be in a more natural cycle of destimulation and decompression and dropping down through the gears and switching off and coming back to the physical animal that we are. We need to drop back to that place and go, oh yeah, I'm an animal who needs to, to sleep, rest, be still, to digest to recover, to renew, and then to slowly go again and build up and start moving through the gears again uh, for, well, the animal would say we should be hunting. What do we do? So what do we do if there's nothing to hunt? Or what What are we hunting now? And, of course, I asked that question, and that could... <laughs> speaking of hunters Ruby the kitten was just mewling at the window outside um, she saw me see her oh can, can you, are you catching that it's, it's, it, it may be a bit too faint anyway she's going to hassle me there until I let her in but guess what Ruby <laughs> This animal ain't leaving this chair. So Ruby will have to wait. It's not raining. Don't worry. It was lashing earlier this morning, but it's actually uh, turned out to be quite a nice day. Um, yeah. What are we hunting? I mean, last week I spoke about Billy Budd, Herman Melville's Billy Budd and the filmed version of that from 1962. But when I think of what are we hunting, I ask that question, it does make me think of, of Moby Dick. You know, the great white whale. What is the great white whale we're all hunting? Um, is it this this conception of, of happiness and success that so many of us have? 
a conception that I believe has been massively contaminated um, and perverted by by the internet age, by the the tech age, by what we're all being exposed to so unmercifully um, at such intense rates of repetition and frequency. Um, it's I, I find it vile um, and I am someone who does I, I've said this before I'll find myself scrolling on, on Instagram I tend not to spend too much time on Facebook Facebook really rubs me the wrong way um, but yeah you get, you get sucked in um, but I suppose my feeling is that there's a you know there's a there's a mindfulness or a thoughtfulness or a a deliberateness that needs to be brought to bear on our decision making and on our our sort of organization of our of our lives um that I believe would be you know that I believe is beneficial that I believe helps us would help us get to a better place a calmer place um and in a way it's about jumping onto the riverbank out of the torrent of everything that is going on and just catching a breath and sitting on the riverbank and letting ourselves just be there um and if we can achieve that and trust that that's an acceptable place to be that really doesn't need anybody else's approval that really doesn't need to be something that's advertised or promoted or turned into a story or a meme um, but just a state of being that we can access utilize nurture nourish cultivate strengthen um and use as as a resource of personal acceptance of of health and sure if you want of wellness um because i just come back to this conviction that you know what we do is not necessarily who we are I mean it's just not who we are and we don't have to let ourselves be defined by others it's 
I mean, I was going to say it's immaterial. I mean, that's probably a little bit naive or a bit disingenuous to say that, to say that because how other people identify us, label us, categorize us, you know, from a, a social point of view, uh, maybe even from an economic point of view, that, you know, that, that is a currency all of its own because people will direct you a certain way and respond to you a certain way based on what they believe you are. Now, so then to say that's immaterial wouldn't really, truly be true. However, again, I come back to the, you know, the subjective gaze, which is when you look out (laughs) through your own eyes, when you are using your own perspective your own knowledge of your internal arrangement when you're using that to engage with the world there is an opportunity to create a separation there's an opportunity to distinguish between what you think about yourself and what others think about you and for you to recognize which you think is of more use, which is more valuable, which feels more aligned and connected. And I would love to think that it is it is your subjectivity. It is your your understanding born of the work you've done on yourself that allows you to go I know who I am and I am this thing I am this human animal that has the same stuff (laughs) as every other human animal and I'm happy for that to be enough and you know anything else anything else is cosmetic you know anything else is other people's busyness anything else is other people's subjectivity imposed on me and can I remain calm and self-assured and trusting of my base state in the face of all those eyeballs, in the face of all those perceptions, those opinions, those labels that come from others, everyone else's understandings of me. What You know, again... There, there may be a time when that's of use to you. There may be a time where you need the outside eye. There may be a time when you need the outside professional eye to help you make sense, to help you achieve greater clarity. I believe they call that therapy. <laughs> therapy, counselling, whatever it might be. It might just be 
a good chat with someone you trust. Um, and then you still have choices. You can go, yeah, that makes sense. That fits. I believe that to be true. And I mean, that's that's endlessly available to us. What do I choose to believe is true? What is best going to serve me and my health and my wellness at this time? Um, Now that opens up a can of worms because you might go, well, sometimes you might choose to believe something that's absolutely delusional. (laughs) I mean, is that, is that so terrible? I mean, if it's a, you know, again this this would open up a whole other conversation i mean altered brain states and the like i don't really want to go there but again i I think ultimately you know what we're talking about is a level of of awareness of a cultivated insight and of acceptance um and for me for me it's it's symbolized physically and energetically by stillness um calmness with that stillness and groundedness a sort of descent a settling um that is serene underneath everything else because i feel that a lot of what i'm talking about if i'm talking about this modern age <laughs> has any age ever not been modern at the time you know the guys who came along after the cavemen they're like in this modern age we holders of bronze <laughs> you know in this cacophonous world this hectic pell-mell world world of bronze um <laughs> i mean this age that you know the, the the acceleration of technology the acceleration of all the the imbalances in the world um i'm not going to go through the list that i normally go through but you know what i'm talking about this is a world in disarray this is a world that is disconnected um and see that's the thing i come back to that idea of the stillness the settling when we settle down we come to rest and our place of rest is a place of connection. It is a place of contact. And I know a lot of what I'm saying can probably be described as very individualistic in a way. The idea of, and I've spoken about this before, the idea of the the soul traveler, 
That's S-O-L-E, not S-O-U-L. Although maybe you could interchange those words. But the sole traveller in the universe. I, I mean, I, I do believe in that idea. Like ultimately you are on your own underneath it all. And again, that's part of the void, isn't it? Can you travel in the void and go, I'm okay. It's grand. I've got a bit of oxygen. <laughs> I've got a bit of fuel. Um, I have a map. Or I know what what solar system I'm in, at, at least. Um, I'll be okay. I'll survive. Um, but yeah, if it does sound individualistic that's not accidental i mean i i I have i have enormous faith in that idea of you know get your own house in order as in you know and you know in this case you are your own house and you take care of that first and foremost um you're just in better shape to go out and you know bump into other people um so i have a huge part of that in my in my thinking in my in my personal philosophy you know the idea of of self-care self-edification but i love my relationships i love my relationships i love my friendships i love many of my family members I love my relationship to you know to nature to to movies to music to literature to whatever um to thought I love my marriage even though my marriage is a battleground I love fighting for it I love the importance of it to me I care deeply about that journey I care deeply about my wife my daughter of course um so again don't fall into the either are don't fall into the zero sum oh you're very individualistic you must not care let's not be stupid let's not be stupid for god's sake let's engage our brains we've got them we've got them we've been given them let's engage our brains let's embrace contradiction let's embrace complexity let's embrace nuance because there is a contradiction with everything I'm saying settle down get stillness contact rest the animal I recognize that there's a contradiction there with the amount of time I spend going how am I going to pay my rent how am I going to survive what does the future hold how am I going to achieve economic stability how am I going to convince my wife to keep faith with my <laughs> my projects, my my own aspirations, my own creative leanings, this ongoing experiment that is the podcast. You know, it matters, you know, it matters. I care about what she thinks. I do care about her approval. I don't care about everybody's approval. It's a select group. <laughs> um, so there you go. Uh, I'm not sure I have anything else to add. Last week's episode was very long. 
Um, but you know, some you know that was a big, big spicy, big spicy subject last week: male desire. And I didn't. I'm not satisfied that I addressed everything I wanted to address there. But uh, it's something I can return to at another time. Um, okay. So look, I think I'll leave it here. Um, the void. The void and identity. Have that conversation. Have that conversation with yourself, maybe. Maybe you don't need to. Maybe you disagree strongly. Um, I, I think you know one thing I maybe didn't uh, express clearly or at all, perhaps, was just that idea of how work, of course, you know, work, the necessity of work. It's not just that work fills the days of the week. Um, and helps obviously you know facilitates people surviving and pays mortgages and all the rest you know that's that's what it is i think the great other function of work is that it stops people thinking it allows them not to think it's a it's sort of an escape and it's another great way to well, like you know, it's like a, it's like a sponge soaking up the you know what's in the void. So um, that was just another thing I wanted to mention. Um, and yeah, it it, it it I think it's why so much so much work, so much so many jobs, so many workers, they are anonymized in work, and that's there's a real sadness in that. But it's a great comfort to people as well. <laughs> I can just be immersed and erased in this role. And I don't have to think about myself. I don't have to face the questions that lie within. I don't have to wrestle with myself. And think about it. You know, a lot of people who retire, that's not an easy transition. That's not a straightforward transition because suddenly it's thumb twiddling time um, chin stroking time and that can drive people to distraction I need to get back to work I need to be doing something I need to fill my days Um, I mean I convince myself I convince myself that this podcast is a form of work I don't know you're you're going bloody right it's hard work for you (laughs) hard work listening to it yeah listen you can turn it off anytime you want pal okay that's all i'm going to say thank you very much for listening um throw me some love on social media if you want all the links will be there wherever you're listening to the podcast you can email me any thoughts suggestions feedback whatever at the clear out live at gmail.com and if you don't want to throw love but you prefer to throw money you can do that too you can use the patreon link which also should be there where you're listening but just in case it's patreon.com forward slash the clear out and for the price of what a cup of coffee a cup of tea i paid four euros for a latte in dublin the other week that seems like a lot a sandwich whatever 
you can support this independent podcast, which I try to make worth your while every week. Yeah, I'd really appreciate it. Anything you could give would be gratefully, gratefully received. I'd welcome you to come on board as a patron. Um, But otherwise, as I say, you can spread the love and spread the word out there on the world wide web. Okay, that's all for another week. Stay safe, stay well. Don't be afraid of the void. Just drop down through the gears. Be yourself. Be yourself. Because as a friend of mine said, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. I'll leave you with that. All the best. Mind yourselves. See you. Good luck. Bye.